Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. 
Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had So Good Sports Media Network. As always, you know I'm happy to be here with you, given the opportunity to talk to you about the things that are important to our society today and tomorrow, we have to be active in the way that we go about trying to make sure that our lives are safe and without conflict. We have to be able to rise up when necessary and point out what we call the disgraceful things that some people are doing in our society that impact those of us who just want to be law-abiding citizens. We have to address those things that are commonplace in law enforcement that have bring about awful situations for citizens to live their lives in peace. And today is no different. I wanted to bring to your attention, and I hope everyone has had the opportunity to view the video that I emailed out. Uh, I saw this a video that took place in 2014, and the sergeant is now being sentenced to five years. 
And I want to talk about how do we go about protecting people from themselves and thereby helping the general population as well. Seemingly, we need to figure out a way to help police officers better understand who they are serving and how to interpret um, situations and and go about doing the right type of defense in order to get their jobs done. In 2014, this police officer or sergeant was doing um, off-duty duty, and he believed that an African-American male had stolen a tomato. And instead of just coming up to the gentleman asking him for his receipt, he quickly started using his baton on the gentleman's leg, causing um, several fractures in one broke break and actually severing a, a vein in the man's leg. Uh, the sergeant was fired and now will have to serve five years in prison. And the issue for me is, as I looked at the video, from the very outset, he did not try to use some humane tactics to enter, to to talk to this man. And in the end, found out that the man had purchased the uh, tomatoes. So I'm just saying, you know, you... When you approach somebody that you think has done something wrong, you don't have to escalate to to the most violent situations in order to see if, if something is wrong. And somehow or another, these, the training of these officers are getting them in a lot of trouble. And that's through humanity. Uh, you look at this gentleman's age. Um, he didn't look like the kind of person who could run. And then you're talking about a tomato. There seems to be no consideration for what it is that you are attempting to do and the way you're going about doing it. The fact that you, within minutes, of talking this man, has broken his leg, severed a vein, and and then you pounce on the man when he's on the ground, suggests that you don't have no intention of trying to find a simpler manner in handling this problem. Uh, Nate, um, were you able to see the film at all? Actually, I saw it last week. Um, somebody else had something to tell me, and uh, I was in Atlanta during that time. Anyways, when that I remember when that had happened, and it, to 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 when I, when I saw it again last week, the thing that really bothered me most about it was is the simple fact, like you said, how he went up there and um, just went after the guy. You know, he didn't give the man a chance or anything. He he just grabbed him and just stopped beating him like a child. 
and like and and you, and I don't know if people understand what a fracture means, but a fracture means that's a broken bone that's through the skin. You know, it breaks it breaks the skin, and the way he just went about it, he just like he whooped him like he literally stole something. He didn't take the time to use no type of tact, no type of courtesy, no type of professionalism whatsoever. And the worst thing about it, you know, would have been appalled that. It was. It would have been a white cop doing a black cop like that. But it was. This was a, a African American cop. Not only that, a senior cop. He was a sergeant and everything. He was in leadership. And for him to do that, it didn't, it didn't make any, any sense. And 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 the thing with that, and, I, and, and the thing like that, and that's kind of common in Atlanta too. I don't see two or three other cases where, where, this, where, where that happened up there too. But my thing was, what was like you said, the common sense, the common courtesy, asking for a receipt. And everything. He didn't give that man a chance. Then on top of that, the age of the man, that man, that man, that man was an older, an older gentleman. He wants to serve and protect. That's not serve and protect. But you, how you did him, made him want to hate police officer. But anybody else who wears a badge or anything like that, that kind of experience, if that man spent the rest of his life hating law enforcement, I don't blame him. I mean, I truly, I truly, I truly wouldn't blame him for, for what he did because he made everybody who wear a uniform. Look, 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 look real terrible. When I was in Iraq and everything, trust me, it been plenty of days that I wanted to pull my trigger and um or go, go whoop somebody upside the head. But but the mindset was when General Petrus t- took over, his thing was win the hearts and minds. That's what I think the law enforcement got to go back to is winning the hearts and minds of the community and um stop spending more time in the community and instead of uh be one with the community instead of policing the community. It's a different when you're part of the community because you're part of the community. You don't have to police the community. And this what, um, this what didn't happen here. And I was so upset when I seen it because I'm like, that could have been my dad, my brother, or even could have been me and anything because he didn't take the time to give the man to even produce a receipt. And then on top of that, couldn't find out the gentleman wasn't even the one, I think, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't even the one they were looking for. Anyhow, at the end of the day, the guy didn't even steal the tomato, to make a long story short. If no, he, he just took he the time, the extra time. The yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he, that's what I'm saying. If he really took the time and just asked the following questions and everything and came with a professionalism, this would not have been happening. He would still have a job. This guy would not have been uh, hurt because he could have killed the man the way he beat him. And the thing about it is, um, law enforcement as a whole, not individual as a whole, got to go back to training on how to handle certain situations. Because we had to, when we was in our right, we had to learn how to handle those people when we was over there. Because you just can't go in there kicking everybody's door down. You can't go in there and putting your um, weapon in everybody's face. You're going to have a whole community turn against you. And that will happen to us a lot of times. Thank you. You know, I have to share with you guys, I keep saying to you all over and over again that I feel less safe now than I did uh, years back. And I have to tell you, several times as a child, uh, I've um, stopped for shoplifting, I know, three times, and I didn't have nothing, and I hadn't done it. One time, I purchased a baseball cap. And just like kids are, we don't, you know, we don't like putting, we just want to, as soon as we buy it, we want to put it on. So I purchased a baseball cap. I threw the receipt in my pocket, and I put the cap on and walked out of the store. Now, I don't know why the man who followed me out of the store didn't see me 
buy the baseball cap. Uh, but I bought the baseball cap and I went out the store. And so um, he asked me for my receipt, and I showed it to him, and it was over. Um, and uh, I don't know why he profiled me or any of that, but, I, I, you know, that was the end of it. Another time I was with a friend of mine in Belt, and he was looking for a shirt for homecoming. And I don't know if you all remember, there was a time when we really used to get our pants starched, real starched, and, and they would be just pointed. And uh, this store man thought he, the reason my um, pants were so stark, were so straight, was because I had something under my pants leg in my sock. So he followed me out of the store. Then he asked me to come back in the store, and I complied. And he he went on to tell me he thought I had stole something. And I know I didn't steal anything, and I was real belligerent because I knew I was innocent, and I know they weren't going to find nothing in the car. And so eventually he let me go. And I can't remember how long I was in the store, but uh, eventually he let me go. You know, but none of those instances did those men put their hands on me or grab me or um, treat me uh, any kind of way. Another instance, I was in Miami, and I went with my uncle to uh, pick up a layaway, and the people forgot the uh, alarm thing in his in the, in the layaway package, and when we walked, went off, the alarm went off. Okay, but seemingly now, these people, the moment they think you've done something, they're on the attack, and uh, physically, uh, I could not imagine what I would have felt like had in any of those instances some police officer would have came up and immediately started attacking me and hitting me um, with some object because he would have thought I would have stole something. And um, it, it is just inconceivable. I know people shoplift, and I know people um, uh, are sometimes belligerent uh, when, they, when they're doing something wrong. And uh, I'm going to show you some of those cases uh, later on as we continue. But you've got to have a way to deal with that situation without causing people physical harm over a uh, minor amount. I mean, can you imagine a tomato? You're going to beat a man the way this man was beaten over a tomato? That, that just seems insane to me, Cheryl, uh, that this man received uh, those kind of injuries uh, because this man thought he took a tomato. Good evening, and how's everyone doing? Um, I did get a chance to look um, at just part of the video, and that's just because I um, watched some of it when you mentioned it. I didn't know I had received the um, email. You know, what I saw that I was looking at is the person, the um, officer that was doing the beating had more issues. Um, he had, and this is just from me viewing, there were some things that he needed to relieve himself of, and he took it out on this gentleman because I would like to think that as long as he's been on the police force, that he has not had an incident like this before. Um, 
you know we find right. many people who have things that go on at home and they bring it to work, um, life situations that they are not dealing with well, and, you know, they take it out on someone else. That was the first thing that I saw when I looked at the video. Because, first of all, being definitely out of the ordinary. I can't say that this was no training at all that he had learned. He probably would not have been on the force and in the position that he was in had he done this many times before or this was his procedure. But... um, like I said, that's what I saw. I saw that he took out and on this gentleman, and the more he, the more he hit him, the more angry he was getting at relieving himself of whatever was going on with him. I saw that this was definitely a personal situation, not some, you know, had nothing to do with a tomato, nothing at all. Now that's what I saw. And and then in a few way, and I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Cheryl, because the way he addressed this man, you know, if you have some humanity in your spirit and you say somebody stole a tomato, you if a person stole a tomato, they had to be hungry. You know? Uh, sometimes you can get a sense of what it is they're trying to accomplish based on what it is you see them stealing. And certainly, I don't know how in the world you can get so angry and that upset at a person for stealing a tomato to the point that you're willing to harm them in that fashion. So, D, you know, like Cheryl says, it's it's obvious at that very moment something else was going on in that man's head uh, than protecting Walmart from the theft of a tomato. Well, good evening, everybody, and uh, thank you, James, for taking the time to come on the air and, uh, and discuss some vital issues with us. Um, I did not see the video, and um, I don't, and from a personal standpoint, a lot of times I don't care to see uh, the sickness of uh, of individuals that, that carry out these acts of violence and unnecessary behavior. Um, I like to, uh, if I'm going to uh, uh, discuss uh, such situations, I like to do it from a uh, supposed logical standpoint as opposed to of a uh, emotional standpoint. So, uh, and so, my point of view is uh, I like to reiterate on something that Nate said, where he uh, speaks about how uh, today's law enforcement. And I'm and thank you for Nate for clarifying that the person was an African American policeman as opposed to a white one. Uh, I'm able to digest um, that being the case a little better, uh, which says to me that that anybody can be sick in such a way, like Ms. Cheryl just mentioned, uh, you got other things going on in your life. And 
the first opportunity that you uh, have to take it out on somebody else, uh, they jump at the, the opportunity to do so. But when it comes down to law enforcement, uh, it seems like they, they're very eager to police uh, in, in a fashion of uh, violence as, a, as, as opposed to trying to investigate, taking, uh, taking some time to investigate or to use some creative thought to investigate and interrogate. Uh, right away, they're too, so eager to police, and, uh, and and I think that's a big difference. You know, um, Nate mentioned also about how uh, people in position um, uh, uh, exploit their position. You know, uh, you know, uh, when it comes down to people uh, in leadership, um, you know, I think that even the president of the United States should show more. Uh, effort in trying to lead and and trying to uh, uh, smooth things out in the way of in the, in the mentality of people where everything is just off the rails right now. Uh, it's just too much uh, right, right. inconceivability to where uh, people don't even care about uh, communicating. They 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 too readily uh, want to uh, show their exploited levels of testosterone. You know, uh, you know, people walking around with guns on their hips. Uh, that's and that, what that does. They give them an extra added uh, boost of uh, of uh, confidence. I got a gun. I got the ups on you. And uh, if uh, if we have any kind of conversation, you better notice my gun because uh, this gives me more confidence than I ever had. And, I mean, it is it is mm-hmm. it is totally crazy. And uh, and so. We need somebody to come in, man, and kind of iron this thing out because the president of the United States is not, is not trying to do nothing. Um, and then I think on both sides of the aisle, even, on both sides of the aisle, they're too, um, they're too interested in trying to protect their own interests, whatever that is, instead of uh, addressing the issues that we, the common people, have to deal with every day. And this, um, and this kind of violence on, on people for no reason at all, is one of the issues that need to be addressed. I'm sorry to take up so much time trying to explain that. Thank you. Uh, D, one of the things you said, I want I want, I want to uh, share some additional information with all of you out there listening is we need our police officers to go through regular mental health training and humanity training as often as, as their jobs will allow it. And one of the reasons is because there is a mentality that goes along with carrying a gun that can get people in trouble. Uh, here in Orlando, we had an incident where a man had a uh, a gun permit. Uh, he went to Walmart, here again Walmart, and three young men, I think three young men and a woman or two young men and a woman went inside the Walmart and they stole Pampers. And so they just went in, got the Pampers, put them in a basket, went toward the door, grabbed the Pampers and ran. And so by the case of the item, clearly you can see that they, you know, they were trying to help somebody who had a child or they were going to sell these Pampers to somebody who had a child because 
there ain't nothing you can do with Pampers but put them on a baby. Well, anyway, right. this man, because he had a gun, a black gentleman, and this had these these men had to be black and Puerto Rican. I can't remember which one. But he took it upon himself to protect Walmart and fired his gun, suggesting that he thought the man had a gun, and he killed one of the young men. So now here he is, a law-abiding citizen that had never been in trouble before, is now facing jail time because he just happened to have a gun in his pocket and did the wrong thing. Everybody don't need to carry a gun because they cannot handle uh, the ability to decide one way or another how to use it or how to use force properly. Why this man right. took it upon himself to decide that he needed to even get involved in that? And then you can go to the sergeant, even though you're off duty, ask yourself, why would you beat somebody because they stole a tomato? Just say, hey, hey, man, look, take them tomato out your pocket and then go put it back. You know, find out why the man stole the tomato. You know what I'm saying? It, there was no need to rush in. But, see, people act so compulsively when they have weapons and they do the wrong thing uh, for the wrong reason. And so, Nate, this is the kind of situation where you have to be careful both with officers and the general public. Everybody should not put themselves in a situation where they need to decide what they're going to do regarding another individual's freedom. And you're right. And um, also, too, we got we got we got to keep it uh, in a mindset. What is your agenda? You know, when you're carrying a weapon, what is what is your agenda? And everything. And um, and you're also right. Like everybody shouldn't carry weapons, and everything. You do, and that's also going to say that everybody shouldn't be a, a, a police officer. Does I wonder what the percentage is of police officers that even shouldn't be police officers? Because the one thing that they were starting to force, um, in my last few years in the military, because we was going on a lot of deployments. They was making us do. They was making us do a lot of mental health checks and stuff like that. You know, um, mental health surveys and stuff like that. And and because it was it was getting out of hand. You know, we we, we was having like uh, um of suicide. You know, suicides was going up and stuff like that. Um, um, pe- um people getting shot was going up. That was just in the military. You know. Now think about it. Now the police officer they deal with the public every day. They draw their weapons here. Far more than I did when I was overseas. You know, think about somebody who's been carrying a weapon for 19, 20 years, and they've been drawing their weapons and stuff like that, and they're only getting a psych evaluation, what, once every few years or how often? That's not enough. That 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 is not enough time. And we always so reactive instead of being proactive when it comes to things like that. And then we have to do what you call situation awareness. You have to do situational training. Um, when when stuff like that comes up, like Michelle had said, now that right there seemed like that guy was mad about something because he just he just took it out on I agree with Michelle one hundred percent. You know that seemed like that was totally uh, overkill for something that, that 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 wasn't about no tomato. He was mad about something else. But even in that, there still be a situational awareness, some type of tra- uh, type of training, how to conduct yourself even when your emotion is compromised. Just like when we was overseas, my emotions were compromised a lot of days. When I hear about a soldier getting killed or 
Or if I call home and stuff ain't right at home and stuff like that, my emotions compromise. The next man's emotions compromise, but that still does not give us the right to get off mission. And a lot of times these police officers, these law enforcement, they get off mission. They, they'll bring that stuff home, I mean bring that stuff work to work that would happen at the house and take it out on somebody, pull on somebody over, mad, and stuff like that. And this is the part about being professional that we have to keep understanding. No matter what God your feelings, because at the end of the day, when you're doing your job and you're trying to be professional, freak your feelings. You know, you got to put your feelings to uh, on, on the side and still do your job. And if you got an issue, go talk to the psychologist, you know, or go talk to your leadership about, about the issue that you have. The problem is that nobody wants to talk about this stuff. Nobody wants to talk about it until it becomes uh, a problem. And like I said, we are so reactive that we're not being proactive. And a lot of times, too, what they want to do, they want to put a value on education and everything like that. But education is not still not teaching you how to deal with the public. We have to be trained how to deal with the public. I have to train, I, I have to understand that this man, being an immigrant, I have to understand what he's going through, what his people are going through. They're not teaching those things or what he's sensitive to. I have to learn what different cultures are sensitive to. So I don't say the wrong thing. Even though I might not mean no harm, I still could be offensive if I'm not careful. So these are the things that we got to go back to training and start regulating these things and holding up a higher standard than what it used to be. Thank you. And, you know, I, I, I've i said a number of times that I spent seven years on the police review board, and I learned a lot of things about officers, and how they have to learn to interact with the general public. And the fact is is that an officer has no sense of his peace being breached. And what that means is he doesn't have any is not supposed to have any sense of a citizen talking to him in a correct fashion. As long as that citizen is not physically attacking him he is not supposed to use that citizen's verbiage as a means to escalate a situation. So you're not, you can't breach right. the peace of a police officer. Now, in this case, this gentleman didn't even get a chance to say anything that could uh, upset the police officer. Because as soon as he got within feet of the man, he went in an attack mode. Uh, so, you know, yeah. you need to be real careful about how you interact with the general public and how the general public is not required to give you the same amount of respect as you give them. Now, we want the general public to act under control, but there's no requirement for them to act under control. They can let their mouth say anything they want to as long as they're not putting their hands or doing anything in a violent message. A police officer is not supposed to use a citizen's words as a reason uh, to escalate uh, to violence, Cheryl. And, you know, we talk a lot about how we're supposed to act when we get stopped by police officers. But the truth is, is that they're not supposed to use our words as a means to determine whether or not they're going to hit us or arrest us. You're right. Um, and it goes back to, you know, something that, um, 
that's been said over and over. A lot of this has to do with the training, and there's not enough training. And when I say that is, and I don't mean every division, because some do properly train, some just let them just um, slide on by. Um, Mm -hmm. There's so many things that's going on right now, and they're looking for more and more police officers so they're not doing a thorough background check. We still have police officers that have reports in their files of wrongdoing um, still on the force because what it is is there's not as many that's coming forward to want to be police officers anymore. First of all, because a lot of them have bad raps for the ones who are doing things underhanded, and the good ones don't want to have no part of it because they don't want to get caught up in it. So, you know, when they, um, in time, they're ready to resign or they're ready to get behind the desk because they don't want to be caught up in all of the things that's going on now. And, you know, in some cases, you can become a police officer, you know, a whole lot quicker than you can become um, any other things that takes a lot of training, too. So, you know, with that being said is that, and not only just the training, but, I mean, you got to have some kind of mental evaluation periodically. This can't just be a mental evaluation once you, you know, when you um, sign up for it. I mean, it has to be periodically because, you know, um, officers see a lot of things that yeah, they do. deal with, you know, on their own on a daily basis. And, you know, some deal with it through um, drugs, some deal with it through alcohol, some deal with it going home and abusing their family. You know, they um, deal with these situations in so many different ways that, you know, we want to find out what their mental state is when they're put here on the streets. Because, I mean, this, this right here, like I said, clearly say this had nothing to do with a tomato, nothing at all. And I can guarantee you a lot of these officers um, don't, the um, situations don't have a lot to do with the situation at hand. It's always, you know, a lot of times it's an underlined issue. And, uh, you know, it is amazing me. Just the other day I was listening to a show and we know that police officers are doing a tough job. But at the same time, uh, the statistics show that the job is not as dangerous as they try to make it out to be. Um, there were some statistics that showed that the amount of violence on police officers or police officers involved shooting where somebody was attempting to kill police officers, um, it was going down. And uh, that there were less than 100 police officers that were involved in shootings where they were the ones that were being shot at. But yet, police officers have killed over nearly 1,000 individuals within that same time period. So you see that that 
a lot of times our police officers are making the bad decisions at the bad worst times. Uh, Regina, were you able to watch the video that I sent out? Oh, I lost Regina again. Again, you know, we, we're talking about situations where we may not necessarily say that they're the same, but it does give you an indication uh, that their lives are not as as um, threatened as some of the people that they're threatening. And so they're killing a lot of people, uh, but yet... Uh, their lives are not threatened at the same degree. And the other thing is is that we have to think about is, is that these people, uh, there are a number of officers who go through their whole careers and never fire their weapons. Now, Nate talked about them pulling their weapons, but there are a lot of officers who should be commended that they go through a 30 and uh year career or a 25-year career or a 20-year career and never even fire their weapon. And there's a reason for that. And it's not just because they're afraid to fire it, but somehow they found out ways to solve situations without using deadly force. So, Nate, there mm-hmm. is a way to get around using deadly, not using deadly force if you, if you learn the art of working or interacting with people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the one key thing. You've got to be a people person because the thing, the key word is serve and protect. The first key word is serve. You're serving the people and everything like that. So um, one of the things I always do when I get pulled over by a police officer, I, I, I show them that I'm not, a, I'm not a, uh, a hostile intent. You know, I stick my hands out of the one to let them know that, you know, that you don't have to worry about me. And at the same time, you know, I think, you know, law enforcement, anybody at the say have that same approach. Not drop your guard down, but have that calm demeanor and everything. Because a lot of times, too, what, we, what people don't understand is that sometimes when people dealing with the police, they're already scared, they're already nervous. So the the police officer itself could be anticipating the, uh, the, uh, the situation, not even realizing it, and causing the person to do something fidgety or anything like that. So... Well, law enforcement has to be trained. Hey, I'm in charge of the situation. Let me keep calm. Because at the end of the day, because the one thing you don't want to do, you don't want to have to pull your weapon. Another thing, fire that weapon unless you have to. If you have to, you have to, and everything like that. But but at the same time, they don't have the problem. The problem with a lot of, a lot of this is that it was the same thing in the army that we're gonna protect each other. Whether you're right or wrong, we're gonna protect each other and everything like that. And there's nobody being held accountable for wrong. If it wasn't for these cell phones and, and these cameras, a lot of the stuff would be still been going on, and no, and there wouldn't be no uh, accountability. And that's the thing we have to raise. We have to raise the accountability. Let let law enforcement know, hey, we're gonna hold you the same account as we do as a, as a civilian when it comes to firing that weapon. As a matter of fact, we're gonna hold you to an even higher standard because you're supposed to be the professional. You're the one that's supposed to be trained. And my heart goes out to the ones who is doing it right. My heart goes out to the ones who ain't never had to fire their weapon their whole police career. I think that is awesome. Not saying they didn't get roughed up during the times. They ain't never said they had to break up no fight or anything like that. But even if through all that, you still have to fire your weapon, kudos to you. 
Now, at the same time, the ones who did had to fire the weapon, the key word had to, I understand that you had to do what you had to do, you know. But that's all about REOs and uh, what stands so rules of engagement and LEOs, uh, escalation of force. And that's the key thing. You got to meet the force with the force. And those are the things that you have to train on. That's why I feel like they have to train, um, what the trainer have to train, uh, train with, uh, with the REOs and the escalation of force because it's easy to say, oh, he had a gun, he had a gun. Every incident, they always say, I thought my life was in danger. That's a get-out-of-jail-free card that has to be changed. And a lot of times, too, the escalation of force. An escalation of force is just like if I see a car coming at me, I'm not going to stand there and just keep firing my weapon at the car. I'm getting out of the way. I'm getting out of the way because I'm choosing to put myself in danger. Now, if somebody's armed and danger and they're firing at me, that's a whole different thing. So it's all about situation awareness in a situation like that. And it's also about putting them in a proper training, putting them in some different scenarios where you can get the um, muscle memory on how to handle those things. Thank you, sir. And one of the things, Gerald, when you look at it, uh, if you look at this film, it shows that this man, even if he had grabbed him and grabbed him and said, okay, listen, man, do you have a receipt? Uh, do you um, Did you take that tomato without paying for it. Uh, you could tell that because of how quickly he brought out that baton and started swinging it, that they, he didn't even take the time to ask that man any questions in order to see if something was different than the way he perceived it. Well, no, um, he didn't. He didn't do any of that. So, like you said, I mean, if another officer is looking at this, I know they are shocked because they know that this is not a procedure that um, that they would go by. And, I mean, for him just to start wilding off on a man, without, just like you said, without asking him any kind of questions, without telling him, you know, why... I'm approaching you, um, what's going on, giving him no information at all, but proceeding to be um, doing forcefully body harm to him. So, again, I say, I mean, is some underlined um, issue other than the tomato? Because if it was about the tomato, the focus would have been on the tomato and it would have even been mentioned, but it wasn't even mentioned. So that's why, again, I, you know, I believe that this is more than than the tomato. Uh, Regina, did you get a chance to to view the the um, video? Regina. Oh, I'm here. I'm going to go view it now, and I'm going to come back on. Hold on for a second, okay? <laughs> well, it is It is certain to me, and I'm a, you know, even that though the officer was given five years, and um, Nate, let me just ask you a question. He was given five years, but he had worked for 25 years. Uh, do you think he's entitled uh, to his pension? 
Uh, do you think that should be part of his penalty? Are you there, Nate? Yes, yeah, yeah, so, I'm here. Yeah, I'm sorry, I had, my, I had my phone on mute. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, I had my phone on mute. Yeah, you know what? Um, it's okay. funny that you mentioned that because cause we have to deal with that in the military too. You know, we get court martial and everything. One of the things they can do, not just reduce you in your rank, but if they put you out, they can't take your they can't take your benefits and stuff. And that's a hard that's a hard one to say. You know, it, you know, because the man he did, you know, he did put in his years. And um, he answered for a crime, you know, that he did. He did commit a crime and everything. And uh, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't want to see him lose lose his benefit because he worked, he worked hard at it. I don't know what kind of officer this guy was or anything like that. You know, I just saw the one thing that he did, you know. And one thing I learned in basic training, they said, people ain't going to remember all the good things you do, but that one bad thing that you do, they're going to remember it. So I mean, that's I don't want to see nobody, you know, lose, uh, uh, you know, lose their benefits that they work hard for. But in certain situations and anything, yeah. But see, I don't know if the guy had a history for this. Is this his first time he ever done it? Now, I don't think he should uh, lose his uh, benefit. But if he has a history of it, um, then that's that's one different thing. But I want to ask you a question too, Jane. While I was thinking about it, don't you think that the police records? They 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 um they they jack it. Should that be public record? And that way we can know what we're dealing with. If they knew that what they do, uh, every essay they have was be able to be on public record. You think that'll stop a lot of this? Well, I understand. It is my understanding uh, that the, uh, every officer's uh, record is public, meaning that oh, okay, uh, if you're willing to pay for the information to be copied. Uh, the city is required to give you that information. Now, they can't give you any personal information. They can't give you his residence or his phone number. Yeah. Uh, but they are required, if you go to um, you go to the police department and ask, and you're willing to pay, every, every action taken against that officer uh, is public record. Okay, so I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 required to give you uh, the information if you request it. Um, now, in terms of whether or not I believe, I I do have a heart for people who've done something um, that is that um, requires you to put them in jail or to fire them, and and they've done the their time uh, to get uh, their pension. Um, but a lot of times these decisions are made uh, based on the benefit of the organization. Uh, we, you know, but that money is supposedly his. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I went ahead and took my money in a lump sum was because I didn't want them to be, to be continue to govern them to govern my money, okay? So, right. But um, police officers can have their pensions uh, suspended or taken based on what they do in the general public. So, um, 
I do believe that this man's pension shouldn't be affected. Uh, he's earned his pension. Um, uh, but believe me, it's the, the, a lot of these city officials uh, have lost their pensions based on things that they do. And then you have to ask yourself, that is a serious penalty after you've given them years and years of good service because that person has to try to live for the rest of their lives and feed themselves for the rest of their lives, and then you take away money that they have earned. Uh, Cheryl, what are, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, should people's pensions uh, be a part of their penalty when they do things uh, that are against the law? Um, I'm going to kind of go along with Nate. Um, I believe that it should be case-by-case um, um, situation. Um, mm, and I would hate to see his pension taken from him if this was the first incident. Um, and I don't know if, you know, if my feelings is, or uh, my opinion is a little softer than what But um, I almost kind of believe that it would be case-by-case situation. And in this case, if this was his first um, incident, I mean, as as bad as it was, I would not want to see tension taken away from him. But uh, it's a and I and that would be dealing with his records anything in his mouth, those things. So I, I would say, you know, case-by-case case situation. All right, I see we got uh, Regina back. Regina, did you get a chance to see the video? Yes, I did. I did. Uh, I saw it. What, um, what is- <laughs> Well, well I, I, Cheryl I, I, had a thought what? that she didn't believe. Cheryl had a thought that she didn't believe that uh, his response was about a tomato. She thought his response had to do something with something that might have been going on in his life. Uh, the response did seem to be over the top. Uh, how did you think about it in regards of a tomato? Well, that reminds me, um, and Cheryl, I'm I'm really in in tune to what she's saying. That reminds me of um, why I'm so against punishment, uh, corporal punishment in school, why I'm definitely against teachers carrying guns, because something um, precipitated this security guard's reaction to this man. I went into Walmart Actually, today. Actually, he was a police officer. He was just doing off-duty work. Right. So he, he was doing off-duty security work. But this police officer, um, you know, something had to have triggered triggered him. And I don't think a tomato triggered that type of behavior. My sister and I were watching it. And... Um, I know a tomato, just having a, a, a dollar tomato in your hand did not trigger him him beating this man like this. Um, 
you know, just like a teacher, she may get into an argument with her, her, her husband, or maybe her child at home has gotten on her last nerve about homework and not, you know, having homework ready to take to school. Then the teacher gets to school, and a similar situation may be occurring with a child in her class, and here the teacher takes it out on the child in that class. So, you know, we we need to have better mental training on how not to to um on how to, to separate situations and issues. All right, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and continue our conversation.
I am this woman. I am this woman that has set the expectations of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman that does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but create my own destination. I am this woman that maintained her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those yet to dream to greatness. I am the mother of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth, igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. I am this woman that ascends the expectation of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman who does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but creates my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those to dream. I am the woman of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth. Igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports and Media Network. We're here so that our voices can be heard loud and clear without interruption. It is important that we do what it takes to make sure people know the direction we're headed and how important it is for us to be a part of the decision-making that decides which directions we go in. Uh, Nate, let me just ask you, you know, we're on a mission, and we can't allow ourselves to rest as we try to deal with these issues. Police officers have to know how we want to be policed and how we will not tolerate uh, being abused uh, any way that they see fit. You know what? You, that that last thing you made, how they see fit, that 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 carries so much weight with me and everything like that because you that just that just like a a, a father raising a, a child, he gonna do it the way he sees fit. And see, we not kids, and that, and that that's exactly what it is. They, they think that badge, that badge represents so much, and you know, everything like that. And they out there, they look at it. When I put my uniform on, when I was a soldier. I considered it an honor and a responsibility. It was an honor for me to wear it 
but I had a responsibility to not to make that uniform and those who wore it before me look bad. Then we need to go back to that. And like you said, we have to start training in the right way to police the people. And I, and I, and, 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 but I want to get back to that word serve because the, the first thing in the police is serving to protect. Let's get into serving the people. Let's let's do that. Let's do more. Uh, police officers need to do more community outreach and everything like that, and have more involvement in in, in the community and everything. Because once you know somebody, because I didn't even tell my son, I said, when you see the police officer out here and want to park, go introduce yourself to him so you have a rapport. But a lot of these police officers don't even have a rapport with people and everything like that. They think that badge makes them above the law, and it's not. You are held to a higher standard to carry out the law. You are the represent. You are the representation of the law. And but but uh, but was what we gotten away from it is the hierarchy of the police department and in politics and government have 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 uh, tried to cover up a lot of stuff. And and um, nobody wants to want 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 to have nobody accountable and stuff like that because like I said again, if it were not for the cameras. If it were not for the cell phones and stuff, that's a lot of this stuff. A lot of these police officers will have gotten away with it and everything. I'm not saying every police officer should be fired when they do something, but I'm saying they should be held to the highest standard and everything. If it doesn't mean losing your job, then losing your job. That means um, um, going to jail, going to jail, but especially retrain. If that's an area, because that's what we, um, the FTOs need to come back and the field train officers need to come back and ride with those guys and, see, and do evaluations on how they handling the public. Thank you. You know, and another thing, Cheryl, uh, there are a lot of antiquated laws uh, that are on the books that don't require um, require some of the situations that police officers go through. And I'm going to share something with you guys. Now, as sophisticated as we've gotten with um, our equipment, when you say um, to a police officer, you refuse to sign the ticket, see, to me, that, that that's antiquated. That was back in the day when you didn't have the ability to uh, to recognize who a person was, Okay. So I think now that they could get away from that argument and uh, get away from those kind of situations by clearly just saying, okay, if the person has his driver license, um, you can clearly identify him as the person that's on that driver's license. There's a way for you to scan his driver's license and show that he is the person you stopped. Yeah. So getting in the argument with people about signing or not signing uh, the the ticket should be something we should be able to get away from, instead of that being the reason uh, of what people call a pissing contest. Okay. And so, um, Cheryl, what do you think about them using technology or using even uh, photographs? They could take a picture or something. If the person refuses to sign the ticket, why are we allowing the signing of a ticket to be the reason why we get combative? You're right. I mean, we have so much technology out today 
that um, things can definitely be more simplified with some form of technology in that um, incident. Um, I do know that um, our driver's license now, um, they are being scanned. I don't know if anybody that lately that the new ones, um, you have them for a longer period of time, more years, and I noticed um, when I went to the license was scanned. I mean, you know, it just, yeah, it was scanned. And I have never seen that, you know, with my um, previous license. So every time you look around, um, there's something new that's coming out. Uh, they're testing. So I can't um, see that they don't have anything or can't put something in place, you know, as fast as technology is growing today. And they may have it in some areas, you know, I don't know. But um, I do believe that something can come up, they can come up with something to um, make the situation a whole lot easier. And I think it would we be a, in the military. a way of, I believe it's in a way that they could protect the police officer also, um, Regina, that if you didn't make that a pissing match, I'm going to make you sign this this ticket, uh, just eliminate, I mean, most people sign it anyway. But when you have that combative person who refuses to sign it, Technology ought to give you the ability to say that was the person. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can take the person's picture or you could, uh, you know, like I say, scan his driver's license and know who it is. People don't allow people to use uh, under normal circumstances. People don't allow other people to have their driver's license, I don't think. So why couldn't there be just a way for you to take a picture of their driver's license or take a picture of them, then getting into these pissing matches about signing these tickets. You're right, um, James. I know when, when parents come and we sign, they sign in into the office, there's a little scanner. It's about as wide as your hand, and you slide the driver's license through the scanner, and the picture comes out on the visitor's badge, and they attach that to the clothes for visitors. So I'm sure they could um, incorporate that type of portable scanner into the um, operating procedures of of the police. Yeah, because there definitely needs to be something done to try to reduce the combative nature of citizens and police for unnecessary things. It, it just doesn't make any sense that we continue to uh, create these combative situations. All right, yes, we're going to take right. another break, and we're going to come back and allow everybody to have their final say. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to...
I've also thought that the uh, topic was really interesting and a good topic to bring awareness of um, how we react and how others react and what's behind the reaction and how we can um, can sort of calm down our reactions to situations and keep the officers from from reacting so harshly if it's all within our within our being to be able to do that. Um, again, a, a great awareness topic, and I bet you now we're going to all be watching how people react to various situations. All right. Uh, Nate, what what is your final thought for this evening? I agree with the young ladies. Um, great topic, great topic, very informative. But not only that, great training. Because when we discuss these kind of things, it, it put us in a responsible uh, mode of what should we do just in case we were caught in that situation and everything like that. So this is what uh, we were talking about earlier about situation awareness. When we talk about things like this here, this is making us uh, aware of the situation that's going on around us and it helps us to uh, to hold people accountable to raise the standard. Thank you. Again, people, I just want to encourage you all to call in to the show. Uh, the number is 657-383-0309. Call in the show and get your voices on the line. We have so much to talk about, and there's so much we need to discuss related to how we live our lives uh, here in America and how we want to be dealt with on a personal level. Take care, everybody, and I'll see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. Have a great day, and take care. Father, help your children. the road and teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place in their hearts Jesus is love Lift up our hearts to be thankful.
Christ.